On R2C2, CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco guide listeners through everything going on in the MLB, NBA, and NFL. They also talk to friends, athletes, and celebrities about the world of sports and much more. Check out R2C2 with CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast in the Ringer Podcast Network that can start a postseason game and get through five innings. Everyone else getting pulled in the second. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. And the World Series continues. It's like a movie that's going on too long, but now you're sitting there and you're committed, so you're sure as heck going to watch the end. Yeah, except imagine you were watching a really long movie and you, you were enjoying it, but then it stopped and it was like, okay... Everyone, uh, if you want to see the rest of this movie, you're going to have to get up, pack your stuff. You're going to have to walk down the street to the other movie theater, and you're going to finish it there. Uh, that's The movie how, theater where you started watching. The movie theater where you started watching. I know you guys all came over here to watch the, kind of the middle chunk. You're going to have to go that. back. We don't have the rest of it here, so you're going to have to take a, take a walk down. That's how the baseball <laughs> media felt uh, on Sunday night when the uh, Houston Astros came back and won uh, Game 5, obviously. This uh, episode of Baseball Barbecue is being recorded on Tuesday morning of Game 6 of the 2021 World Series. We are back in Houston. We are back in the same hotel we were in the last time we talked to you. And in between, we went to Atlanta and came back. And uh, we're going to talk about that. We are going to talk about mostly Games 4 and 5 because Game 3 wasn't all that interesting. I know there was a no-hitter, but we don't really want to talk about that. We're going to preview Game 6. Then at the end of the show, we are going to talk about our Pujols Lee Dome Rookie of the Year candidate. Uh, and Bob Melvin uh, becoming the Padres manager. So it's a packed show, as they say. And let's get right to it. Where would you like to begin, my friend Jake? Let's talk about game six, because that will be the most relevant. Uh, like you said, Tuesday morning is the current situation of our lives. And later, uh, Tuesday night, will be the baseball game at Minute Maid Park. Uh, we have Luis Garcia going on short rest for the Houston Astros against Max Fried for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Garcia last pitched in game three. He threw like, I think, three innings. He didn't throw too many pitches. And it wasn't, you know, he like opened. He went through the order once and then they yanked him. Whereas Max Fried had a very odd start in game two where he got dinked and dunked. Yeah, that second inning. I was just going back and, and looking at that game log and it was it was a very unpleasant, unfortunate second inning. Four straight singles and then a wild pitch uh, and then another single. And that's kind of what, what did him in and the, the Braves offense never really showed back up. So like when you look at the line, it's like, oh, Freed got crushed, but that's like not what happened. He also really settled in mm-hmm. in the third, fourth and fifth after that. Yep. I went back and, you know, I was looking at the game film this morning because I'm a, you're, I'm a, you were crushing some tape. You're grinding was, some tape. All right. Yeah, I was crushing some tape going back through Max Freed's start. He did get dinked and dunked, but the command of the breaking stuff was not there. He was not getting swings and misses on it below the zone. And it's a tough matchup for him against Houston just because a lot of those righties really like the ball inside and he likes to work inside with his off-speed stuff. He's going to have to be sharp enough to get swings and misses on it outside the zone, like down and away. Like if they're if those pitches are coming in, Houston is looking for that. Yeah, and, and again, like I said, like... I said he didn't get crushed, but he wasn't. He definitely wasn't good, right? He he definitely yeah. was not. Did not look like the potential best, you know, pitcher in the series the way some people have labeled him. Certainly, once once Morton uh, was out. So yeah, I mean, it's it's. I feel like this whole postseason, um, it's been it's been a you know a game of adjustments. We've seen some starters come back after a bad start earlier in the series and be awesome. We've seen some starters be just as bad in the next start. You know, Fromber has obviously <laughs> struggled uh, in both of his World Series starts, but. We're we're all we're all dying for any sort of semblance of good starting pitching. That is that is true, just at least from an entertainment standpoint. And if Freed can do it, man, I mean, it's that's the thing. As as much as Braves fans did not want to have to go back uh, to Houston, um, you know, they're they're lined up pretty freaking well. The pitching is set up much better for them. Um, however, Houston does have a lot of their 
their two long relievers available, Odorizzi and Christian Javier, mm-hmm. neither of them pitch. So even if Garcia just goes one time through the order, then you go Odorizzi a time through and you go, you know, Javier a time through, you're in the seventh. So it's, you're the sixth. So it's, it is something to think about there. Um, a lot of people, you know, chattering about starting pitching and how it's not going long enough, Jordan. And I think a lot of that is overblown and that if you can't, if you need a singular heroic pitching figure each day to make baseball compelling to you, then maybe baseball is not compelling to you. But at the same time, I don't want every day of my life to be a bullpen day. It is interesting to have certain characters that stand out above the rest. And I am happy that tonight we will have that juxtaposition where it will either be, the narrative will either be, Max Fried did the thing he needed to do, the one true starter to rule them all in the World Series. (laughs) Like, that will be cool. Or it will be these three guys, Luis Garcia, Jake Odorizzi, and Christian Javier, came together in like a three-headed monster from Harry Potter mm-hmm. and, you know, kept the Astros in the series. Both of yeah. those things are cool. I also think, and and not to, again, we're not going to go all the way back to the whole Ian Anderson thing, but every postseason, it feels, because it's the highest stakes baseball, we, we want to feel like it is us telling us something grander about the sport because it's like, well, these are the only games we're watching. They feel really important. It seems like this is, oh my God, this is, think about what this means. And yes, the starting pitching is going less into games than ever. That is that is all fact, right? But this is the same thing in 2019. We're like, oh, well, wait, wait a minute. Maybe teams are going to actually just use five pitchers instead of 50. It's like, nope, that's actually, there was just weird teams that year and it, and it felt that way. So it's possible this year that teams have as the least pitching as possible and we go back next year, it's just a normal season. So, you know, yeah, we don't like need if, to... If Charlie Morton's leg isn't broken and Mike Sor- <laughs> Soroka's leg doesn't explode, like then the Braves starting rotation is... And Lance McCullers, hello. <laughs> and Lance McCullers is here at Verland. Like they, pitchers existed and you could probably argue that they should have traded for more at the deadline. But the option 10 years ago, 15 years ago, right, was there, – there, well, there was no option. The decision was we the Braves would start, you know, smiling. They would start Drew Smiley, right? Yep. Like if, if this was the 2000 World Series, they would just start Drew Smiley in game four. He'd give up five runs through three innings, and that would be the game. And then, you know, the – Someone opened their third eye and was like, what if hmm. we just pitch the relievers? Hmm. And it's what fine. If, like, it makes if. sense. Yeah. Uh, although, to your point, I, I don't know if I could really re- realistically ask Alex Anthopoulos to have traded for more players. That's I, it true. Seems that's he a did, legitimate point. He did, <laughs> he did do plenty of that, and it, and it worked out pretty well. Anyway, so that's that's kind of where we're, where we're feeling for game six. Yeah, I um, want to know. Game six, yeah. do, do we get a game seven, Jordan Schusterman? You are, I would say you're easily one of my seven smartest friends. Okay. Nice. Feels good. Top seven. Um, easy. Are we getting game seven? I think we are getting game seven. Uh, I think Freed will be better, but it just feels like Houston's offense is is starting to wake up and hit the ball hard and uh, and still not even that hard because I know Granke had at least one of the two or three hardest <laughs> balls of game five. But I think coming back here to Houston where it will not be as cold at the very least. Um, I think it'll be enough to 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 knock him over the edge, and and also too, you know, we saw Minter struggled. I guess the Braves will have a fully rested Matzik and Smith and Jackson, um, and so that that if Free does go ahead, I think they are set up even on the bullpen side. You could say they're set up more because Graveman. I assume everyone will be available, but Graveman having thrown two innings, it's really going to be more about like you said, Javier Odorizzi, and then Presley should be very fresh. So pitching, uh, you know, should lean in in the Braves' favor, um, but. It just feels like Houston is gonna is gonna push this. So even though Alex Bregman and Jordan Alvarez are currently pumpkins, Bregman looked have- Bregman. Hey, Bregman actually started to do some stuff, but Alvarez. I mean, oh my goodness, he. I, I'm not entirely sure. I know everyone was, of course, focused on his defense in Atlanta, but at the plate, he is just a completely different hitter. And I don't. I know they finally moved Bregman down in the order. I don't know if they're going to move Alvarez down in the order. Because uh, Guriel seems to be hitting a little bit better, but I, I, man, that's that's a huge part of this. I don't, and it's not like Freed's a great matchup for him, but not that he struggles that much against lefties in general. But I don't know. I don't know when they're going to have to get Jordan going again. It, it just looks slow, 
It's like yeah. his Wi-Fi is at, at three <laughs> bars. Like it just, there's a delay. It's just something isn't right. There's a pebble in the shoe. Yeah, he um, needs to restart. Are you rooting for a game seven? Yes, I am definitely rooting for game seven at this point. Um, I think I, uh, you know, we'll talk about more a little about this later. Just like the, the experience of covering a full World Series, which we have not done before. Um, you know, hey, we, we're going to come back here. Let's do it. Let's go all the way. I want maximum drama at this point. And, you know, as fans, it's like you're always you're always rooting for game seven, especially in this series where I think most neutral observers just want good baseball. There's not like that many people climbing on to either of these fan bases. It's not like that. It's just like, sure, screw it. Like, let's just get to a game once we get this far. Right. I know some fans are like, screw it. Just get get this over with. I hate both of these teams. But no, now we're here. Come on. Let's let's get maximum drama. Uh, I agree with you. Game seven would be great. Although I'm also on the Max Freed. That's is true. the hero train that would be cool? I, I would like. That. I don't. I don't know if you know this, but he actually went to high school um, with a couple of other major league pitchers. Did you know this? Oh no! I thought you should. You should have just ended the fun fact. That, dude, did you know Max Free went to high school? He went to high school with Fromber Valdez and and Brian Abreu on the Astros Brian Abreu. Yeah, he was yeah. actually in high school with um, uh, an elementary school with Clayton Kershaw and Matt Stafford. Really. I heard yeah. he went to Hebrew school with Ian Anderson and Kevin Herter. He was really? on, I think he was on Todd Frazier's Little League team in Toms River, New Jersey, oh, right? Right. He I was more, it was that. more of a traveling high school situation. Okay. Yeah. Didn't he play winter ball with Fernando Tatis Sr.? <laughs> yeah. I'm he pretty, gave up, no, he was on the other team. He gave up the Grand Slam. That uh, was in the same inning. Oh, uh, oh you guys heard the, about that. The first right. one. Right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I, again, Isn't I just, he f- isn't he from that small town in, in Pennsylvania where Ken Griffey Jr. and yeah, Denora? He's he was he's born from Denora. Denora, then went to Harvard yeah. Westlake, but he grew up in Tom's in River. Yeah, it's in Tom's River. Okay. It's crazy, man. It's Max it's, what Freed, a, what a life for Max Fried, and to culminate in a Game Six World Series victory, that would be so cool. That would be so cool. No, I agree. I, I, very cool. I, I agree. That would be that would be very 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 cool. Uh, All right, let's yeah. let's talk about games. Three, four, five. Mostly yeah, four, why are five. We here? It's it's important for us to discuss why we're even still back. Wow, in dude, that is that is so big brain. That is very spiritual of you. I know. Jordan waking <laughs> up on a Tuesday morning and asking, "Why asking are we here?" The number one question: What is our purpose? Why Jordan, are we sitting here podcasting? Jordan uh, checking in with his faith early in the morning. Why so, are we here? Because let's actually start in game five here. Let's zoom in. Bottom of the first. Here comes Adam Duvall. Fromber is, I, I believe there was a mound visit right before. Yes, Maldonado went out and he said, all right, listen, you're going to give up a massive grand slam here. <laughs> and that's okay because we're still going to win. Yeah, because but j- I'm just, Martin Maldonado and I'm going to take over this ball game. Right. Just, <laughs> he's like, look, man, I got whatever happens next. If you want to lay one in there to Adam Duvall, that's okay. I am going to have the game of this. my life. He said, so, yes, I got this. Because he... Right, so he walks, right, that's the thing. He walked Eddie Rosario to load the bases. Um, and here comes Adam Duvall, who had not really done much uh, to that point in this series. And boom, gone. As you tweeted, as we experienced, the stadium was indeed shaking. That was a stadium-shaking moment. There are loud stadiums. And there are shaking stadiums. And there are, there are sh- stadiums that move. Right. And then there's the Marshawn Lynch run. Right. <laughs> and the stadium shaking, I think the... The key is that, you know, every fan base is capable of getting loud, but it takes a certain kind of moment for everyone to be physically moving a lot, right? That is what gets us to the stadium. It's not just the volume. And yeah, I mean, I mean, when you're when you're one minute away from the World Series and you hit a grand slam in the first inning, like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be pretty freaking hype. There was a, a, an image I will never forget if the Braves don't win. <laughs> Wow. This which, gives you a lot of those, but go ahead. Yeah. Which was, yeah, there are many to come, I'm sure. But <laughs> it was Ozzy Albies running down the third baseline. And there was this look on his face where he seemed to realize he was going to win the World Series. Like, on his face, you could be like, holy crap, 4-0, we're up. Like, we just need to hold on to this. Like, we're going to win the World Series. And I remember seeing that, and I was like, I'm going to book a flight home to New York from Atlanta. <laughs> I was seeing Ozzy Albee's face push me over the edge. And so then I booked a flight mm-hmm. from Atlanta uh, to New York, and now I'm in Houston. 
And <laughs> that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. There were some questionable managerial decisions for Brian Snitker. Mm-hmm. I actually don't have a huge problem with hitter hitting Tucker Davidson in that spot. The idea for me is like, at some point in that game, probably a pitcher of yours is going to need to hit, right? And you want that at bat with the pitcher hitting to be in the lowest leverage situation possible. And 4-0, I believe there was one out and no one on well, base. Well, it was 4-2 at that point. That's the thing. Oh, yes, right. It this was 4-2. So it was bottom of yeah. the second. He had gotten through. He had given up. This is when, you know, you know, Bregman hit the double. Maldonado, sack fly. Fromber strikes out looking. And then it's Swanson, Davidson, Soler coming up in the bottom of the second. And now the thing for me is, I mean, even at 4-2, so they don't they obviously don't score any runs there. But then we go, so it's Altuve, Brantley, Correa coming up. And clearly, because Astros Lime, we have so many lefties, it's, it's both harder to match up. And you, I feel like we keep watching Snicker. We saw it with Minter earlier in the series. It was like, you know what? Let's just get to the next lefty. Let's just get to the next lefty. Let's just get to the next lefty. Like we have all these left-handed pitchers. Let's just let's push it. He's like, he's like, ah, we I want it for Brantley one more time before we go to Chavez. And we get the error, right? Swanson makes the error. He's been, other yeah. than the home run in game four. Yeah. Swanson. He makes has it. shrunk in the moment. Yes. I, but I mean, he, he had the one moment. <laughs> one moment was pretty freaking good. So we yeah. can get to, get to that in a second. But uh, and then and then he walks Brantley. I mean, again, that's the other point where it's like it's like, oh, I know you're so desperate to have the matchup. You don't have any other lefties to go to. But walks Brantley. No, I, and yeah, now we go to Chavez and Correa, you know, hits the double. So I still think it was a bad move. Like, I, I still wouldn't have done that. And I still think you the to me, maybe I'm being, you know, too picky here. The to me, the issue is letting Davidson start the third, not letting him hit. And I think that's a slight difference between the two. And at that point, like if you're going to take him out, I guess you should probably just bring a pinch hitter in anyway. Yeah, I, right. I don't know if people would have been more mad if you like pitch if he if he basically hit to like save a bench bat and then came out because he probably shouldn't right. have still been in. I'm sure people would have been mad about that. Anyway, yeah. it wasn't it great. Up, it wasn't great. It wasn't that great, said, but that's not why they lost. They it, I guess, you know, you get two innings from Doc, Tucker Davidson who hasn't pitched in the major league since June, like you take that, you bank that and you count that as a win. Sure. Sure. The, I agree with that. Agree. The issue is that AJ Minter was not sharp. Yeah, uh, Minter, AJ Minter, Minter is not good. who was incredible in game one, was wobbly in game five. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great. And I, I actually want to. I want to go before Minter comes in because Freddie Freeman hits a home run to retake the lead. I in, tweet something spicy based upon zero <laughs> inside information in the bottom final, wow, final Braves home bottom. run. Yeah, it's crazy it was the bottom of the third because that really, again, a lot of scoring too early for the Braves in this in this game. But bottom of the third, uh, Freddie, full count to Fromber, boom, giant 460-foot homer, absolute shot. And, I mean, again, third inning, you know, clearly there was a lot of baseball still to play as we learned, but that had huge potential to be a home run we were watching for like the next 20 years. Like, if the Braves, you know, maybe pulled away there that was it. That was going to be. I mean, I know the back-to-back homers in Game Four, which we can talk about, but like that, there it was. There, whether he whether he goes and signs with the Angels in free agency or not, Freddie Freeman hitting that home run uh, to win the World Series, you know, to give him that lead would have really been. It was. It was an all-time what if, right? It's not quite Roger Davis yeah. level, but it is. It really felt like holy shit. We just saw something unbelievable, and it just it couldn't even come close to holding. And and at the time we were like, oh no. I mean, they're not holding a one. <laughs> So, but we didn't expect Minter to suck. That was very unfortunate. And then Martin Maldonado took over the game, Jordan. They say that baseball is not like basketball and that one player cannot dominate. You know, LeBron can go, you know, hero ball and put up 50. And baseball doesn't have that because there are nine players, right? And not every player is involved on every... Wrong, wrong, (laughs) wrong, wrong. Martin Maldonado, the futile hitting catcher for the Houston Astros who I am a thousand percent sure I would bet everything in my bank account I could beat him in a foot race he had three RBI including an RBI single a sack fly and the walk of the season Jordan walk me through the walk uh so they intentionally walked Bregman who was hitting seventh 
for the first time, I think, since the 2017 postseason. Early in the 2017 postseason, Bregman was like hitting eighth. But Alex Bregman moved down to seventh because of his struggles. And he had a double early in the game. So they decided to walk him. And they say, screw it. We're going to load the bases to face Martin Maldonado, one of Who's the hitting worst hitters. Who's hitting, what, like 0.97 in the playoffs? One of the worst hitters in the league who hit 172 in the regular season and even worse in the postseason up to this point. And <laughs> I think, did it go 3 0? I'm not no, sure. No, Minter, Minter goes 2 0 on him. He throws right. a strike at 2 1 mm-hmm. to get back in the at bat. Ball 3 1. And, and then, and then the Maldonado. Whole stadium knew. Maldonado pulls out my favorite, my favorite obnoxious move in the box, which I, I seriously, I, I mean, actually, I would like your insight into this because this feels like something you would see more in college baseball too. But basically, it's the the situation is bases are loaded. It's a three ball count, and you're a bad hitter, so like you need to draw the walk as badly as possible. And normally, it's like okay, well, it's an auto take sign, right? That's the obvious thing is that Martín Maldonado is obviously not going to swing at three one if Minter looks wild because he has a better chance of reaching base just Minter walking him than him actually swinging the bat. But instead, what he did is what we saw you Darvish do in the postseason a few years ago, which is basically spaz around in the box, show bunt, and try to distract Minter mid-delivery so that he's more likely to throw a ball. I don't understand why more hitters don't do this. Um, and he executed perfectly. And now Minter was already obviously wild. It's possibly he was going to throw a ball anyway. But clearly, it was it was not an accident that Maldonado <laughs> did this. He, you know, obviously wasn't actually trying to bunt. So uh, I thought it was savvy, and of course it was savvy. What the hell? The, yeah, he knows how the fuck else is he going to reach base? It's the type of situation where the, doing that exact move in certain environments would be seen as bush league and cheap. If you did that on a Sunday afternoon in the park during rec league or adult league. People would be like, "You're what are you doing? Like, we're out here to have a good time. Like, you don't need to draw a walk. If you did that in a college game where the score wasn't close, people would probably say the same thing. I think this being the World Series, and it's kind of like, however you got to do it. Any means that's like, you got to get on base. Makes it on, like, I'm not someone who's going to uphold, you know, Bush League rules anyway, but it, to me, makes it 100,000% okay. Because if you can't throw a strike in that spot, like, that's on you, AJ Minter. You got to be able to get it done there. And Maldonado, like, what did I say to you? Next head bat, he should put a strobe light on his front hip. <laughs> right. Like, really, really lean into just like that. I'm not here to get a hit. I'm here to get on base in whatever goofy way possible. But then, of course, even worse is that Marvin Gonzalez comes up to pinch hit uh, for Akiti and swings at the first pitch and dumps a ball into left field for uh, to score another two runs. Uh, and that's really where the where the wheels came off. Uh, Bobby, where were you when you found out that Marwin Gonzalez was on the Astros again? You know exactly where I was. I was sitting on my couch and I texted you and your response was just LOL. I asked you a question. I said, when did Marwin Gonzalez come back to the Astros? And you said, LOL. At some point in August, I believe. Uh, quick question. Does what Mar- Martin Maldonado did in game five prove that Mike Trout should have never won an MVP? You guys answer. Mm, mm. Interesting. Interesting thought. Um, no. Nope. But I would say that Martin Maldonado, if anything, is he has now skyrocketed up the more people have heard of. And he was he was on the 19 team. Um, but like him and, and Rosario, I mean, what a what a postseason for Puerto Rico. I mean, my goodness, not just not just Correa, but to have Maldonado and Eddie Rosario there. Their, their, uh, their what is it? Their Q score <laughs> is, is flying through through the roof right now everyone everyone knows about martin maldonado and it was great it was it was a really cool it was a really cool game there did you see the the quote it was our friend mark feinstein had a hilarious headline or what like, was that what was the headline clickbait clickbait tweet but it was really great it was like how carlos correa almost made martin maldonado cry after game five <laughs> and basically there it, he was, I was cutting onions no i know it, it was it, but it was basically like correa went on like this long speech about like how Maldonado, like, he's like, yeah, it was essentially like, yeah, we know he sucks at hitting, but like this dude works so freaking hard all the time at his hitting, and we knew it was gonna work out for him. And, and Maldonado, like, half jokingly was like, Man, you're gonna make me cry. So uh, but I love it. It was it was cool to see him him have that moment. Um and and look, dude, like they they needed it, they needed those runs. But after that, at once Marvin hit, then it was like, all right, they the wheels are off. Quick deviation here. Let's talk about the last pitcher at bat. So 
you know, we were all over this on Twitter. You probably saw it. This is right up our alley. Uh, let's talk about Shohei Otani. Technically, by the letter of the law, Shohei Otani at some point next year will be a pitcher hitting. Yes, that is true. For us to say that, um, ta- uh, who was it? It was uh, Kendall Graveman. Graveman's full count strikeout in the eighth inning or ninth, top of the ninth, is the last pitcher at bat is maybe technically incorrect. That being said, I am not a technical person. Neither is Jordan. For us, it is about the spirit of the of the law, not the letter of it. And the end of the pitcher's hitting era probably culminated on Sunday night with Kendall Graveman striking out. If Shohei Otani does what he does next year, he is not technically, yes, maybe. But if you watched Kendall Graveman strike out looking and you did not shed a tear and you did not think, <laughs> damn, the end of an era, then I don't know what to tell you. Well, and also now, like we go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just gonna say, well, we had the Granky hit. That was incredible. Um, but it's just like it's it's just so obviously not the same thing. Like Shohei Otani is something we've never seen and might we never see again. He does happen to also pitch. But again, if you're looking at Ken, if you're watching the Kendall Graven at bat, if you're watching the Fram Rivaldez at bat, uh, or Kyle Wright swinging or Max Fried, we're gonna see, you know, he's not even gonna get it, but we saw, you know, him he obviously had some at bats on the postseason. If you're watching those and you're like, oh yeah, it's just like Shohei Otani, he's a pitcher. It's like, no, 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 obviously not. We are talking about the, the pitchers who are instructed to stand there or who are instructed to not get hurt or who are saying or are being told, sure, go up and swing, but like we're not expecting anything of you. That's what we're talking about, right? Shoatani is one of the best hitters in the league. Okay. Yeah. You don't that doesn't have to we don't need to acknowledge that to acknowledge how amazing he is. Um, and so the spirit of it, as you said, uh, we kept thinking it was over. And the Graven one was kind of a surprise because we we thought it was going to be Granky and then we thought it was going to be Davidson. And then we got Granky and then we got Minter batted. And then, you know, so, man, what a what a moment. And and it was really it was really funny. It was a perfect way. I think someone tweeted that, but it, it was a full count. No intention to swing strikeout was a good way to go. End of an era. Uh, I will say I did have a thought that we could see a pitcher hit. And we talked about this, Jordan. If Otani hits as the pitcher next year. There is no DH in that spot, which means that it is essentially a National League lineup for the entirety of the game. And if the Angels like start Otani and have him hit, he gets crushed on the mound, goes two innings. They're going to then have to pinch hit their way in that spot through the game. And if they get to like the 10th or the 11th, we could see like a, like a Austin Warren so, oh, nice. There's At a good bat. shout out. So this did happen, right? So people might remember this did happen uh, June 30th this year at Yankee Stadium. People were very excited about this. And Otani was just a total mess. But he was also in the lineup as as a hitter, right? And so he goes out there and he pitches. Uh, he or he hits. He leads off. He flies out. Okay, the Angels take a lead on a Phil Gosselin home run. Sure, don't remember that. And then, you know, walk, 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 single, single, walk, walk, ground out, hit by a pitch. Okay, just total disaster. Here comes Aaron Sleggers, comes mm. in for Otani, right? And then because of that, uh, now we're just pinch hitting all the way through. So Shebler comes in for Sleggers. And then, okay, Claudio, whatever. Uh, and then I think I'm pretty sure they did actually have to have, or maybe they did. Maybe they just had enough pinch hitters. Or no, that's what it was. Tony Watson had to hit <laughs> at some point in the sixth inning. So we have a situation like that. But other than, so it might be Otani related, but it won't be actually Otani. Either way, the spirit of it is dead. The spirit of it is dead. Uh, Jordan, anything from game three or four? Uh, I don't really want to talk about the Ian Anderson no-hitter. Nope. Not particularly nope. interesting. No. No. I wrote a piece on foxsports.com, uh, a website that we write for. Go check it out. Uh, about Jordan Alvarez and the play down the left field line. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the general takeaway, it, it was Alvarez was not at fault, but a different human being could have made that play. Bobby, do you think that you could have made that play? Uh, never was much of an outfielder. Let's just leave it at that. My, my root could have used, you know, stat cast correction. I could have used a coach who was like, you took the wrong route every time to the ball. But every time I watch this play over, it's, it's the fact that he was even there is a, is a testament to what had to have been unbelievably perfect positioning. Modern medicine as well. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Shouts out. One of my favorite types of medicine. 
the frontline workers, we wouldn't have been able to have him in that spot. Uh, he, um, like, it's not like Jordan's moving that well, right? So the fact that he was able to get there on that line drive makes it feel like, oh, yeah, Mookie's making that play because he might have just been standing there and just jumped up as opposed to like full sprint. That was the other thing with Alvarez. Is he, what, he didn't first get overall there, pick to, to make that catch is Aaron Judge because he wouldn't have even had yes. to jump. Yep. And he's already a pretty good outfielder. Yep. yep. Correct. Nice, I, done. I did find a video of Adam Duvall making almost that exact play. Um, the it was a slightly different batted ball profile, mm-hmm. but it was basically the same spot. The uh, yeah, I guess we should just acknowledge like the back to back homers in game in game four was oh my god was unbelievable. So that was that was uh, that was an iconic moment. It was good. That was that was a great game because even game five, you know, once it got out of hand, kind of wasn't that interesting. Um, even after the, you know those really exciting first three or four innings, so. But man, game yeah, game four was 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 pretty electric in that sense. Don't need to re- revisit game three, as you said. Um, but yeah, any anything else? Should we do our World Series MVP chat now, or should we take a break? Let's take a break. I need to uh, blow my nose. Okay, sounds good. Uh, we are going to take a quick break. I, mean, I we can will do be... it on the air if you no, want. No, it's fine. We'll we'll take a quick break uh, here on Baseball Barbecue, and we'll be back with some World Series MVP chatter. Uh, Albert Pools and Bob BRB. We are back here on Baseball Barbecue, and if you're hearing this, so are you. Uh, the World Series has two games left, but there is a large question that is yet to be answered. There is no clear World Series MVP. Um, some years it's more obvious than others. In the ALCS and the NLCS, it was very obvious who those people are going to be. But here we are. Obviously, Eddie Rosario, Jordan Alvarez. Uh, here we are, maybe the series ending tonight, and I have absolutely no clue who that person could be. Jordan, we did a draft last week, an auction draft, where we picked teams with uh, Michael Bauman and Zach Cram um, building our own World Series MVP squad. How do you think we did looking back? So, uh, was Austin Riley was picked, correct? Here, I'll, um, I'll, read the, I'll read the teams out for you guys. Yeah, please do. Uh, Jordan, who, got, who had Dylan Lee? I'll read, I'll, I'll read Jordan's team last just for maximum climax. That's fine. Uh, Zach, yeah. Zach Cram acquired Jordan Alvarez for $101, which overpay <laughs> now. Uh, Kyle, Tucker, yeah, go ahead. Kyle Tucker and Michael Brantley. Jake, you got Austin Riley, Freddie Freeman, and Ozzie Alves all in on Atlanta. Uh, Bauman got Carlos Correa, Yuli Gurriel, and Alex Bregman. And Jordan, you got Charlie Martin. Mm. Tough one there. Can't. How could you have seen that coming? That's fine. I'm actually. I feel better about that one because. Speaking of not seeing you got it hope. coming. Speaking <laughs> of not seeing it coming, uh, Charlie Martin's leg. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was just trying to pitch. He was just trying to field his position. Jose Altuve and Eddie Rosario rounded out the rest of your team. Eddie Rosario for five bucks steal at the end of the draft. You pocketed ninety five dollars. Congratulations, John Fisher. To pay for so, minor, to pay my, for minor league housing. What you didn't know is that after the draft took place, I Ooh. took that ninety five and shuffled it to Travis Darno without you guys knowing. Wow, um, a little back channel, a little back channel. At I'm the GM pretty meeting. sure I did say on the pod that Jorge Soler would be my dark horse, um, and I was scolded for even thinking he was going to play, and then he homered. Twelve first- people got drafted and then you can't just say you're a dark horse after those 12 people I know I'm just saying we had that conversation because all all of our picks were like really obvious ones and then so yeah here's what I say I think uh, Bauman I actually think is arguably in the best shape here Uh, Bauman or Jake because we it doesn't Alvarez that's not happening Tucker maybe Bregman um, or sorry Tucker and then who he who was his third Astro Bobby Michael Brantley Brantley. Okay, so Brantley doesn't seem like he's that. So, whereas, the, I think that the key question here is like, okay, well, if the Astros are going to win the series, there is, someone's going to have to, you know, make that happen, and it is more likely to be someone on the offensive side, which is why I think my Altuve pick is still alive if he can I get agree. a third home run. Um, but I also think that, like, Guriel is also right there. He's got several hits. So, Austin Riley has the most hits in the series with eight. So, you got to feel be feeling pretty good about that. If he can, like, hit a home run tonight, he's probably the answer. What do you think? If I had to pick who it would be right now, it's here's why it's weird. RBI are huge for this. 
And the guy on Atlanta with the most RBI is Adam Duvall, and he is four for 20. And he, you can't give a guy with a 738 OPS the World Series MVP. <laughs> hey, you just can't stop really it. do that. Hold on, Jake Mintz. We're, we can't be citing OPS in, in six games. The point okay. is, is that he's, he he's, four for, he's four for 20 <laughs> with two homers, okay? Yes, yes. and it was like, obviously the Grand Slam, right? That obviously was the Grand Slam. Give him all the RBI. I think the favorite in the clubhouse, which is where, you know, actually they're all in the clubhouse, is Jorge Soler, would be my number one pick. Two homers. He has five hits. Both of his homers are very memorable to lead off the World Series on the first batter and the go-ahead home run in game four. If he has any semblance of a moment tonight, I think it's his. I think the narrative of, oh, he had COVID and then he showed back up and he won the World Series MVP is very 2021 Atlanta Braves. And he would be my number one pick. Number two would be Riley just because he has eight hits and has you know, come through in a couple of big spots. If he has a moment tonight, it could be his. If the Astros win, I think it will. will Anyone we, still we don't play, know dude. yet. Like, yeah, it could be. I, I think it could realistically still be Altuve, Correa, Gurriel, Tucker. All four of those. I guess Martin Maldonado. If he somehow continues to be awesome in the next two if, games. If Maldonado has two home runs over the next two games, then it could definitely be him. But that's the thing. Since it'll take two games, like, I guess Michael Brantley could just have three hits in each of these two games. Like, I guess that's also possible. So I have a sleeper pick. Okay. For for Houston? Yeah. Ready? Okay. It's probably not Ho- Jason Castro. Jose or Keedy. So well, I was Jose- going to say, what pitcher? If we have to pick a pitcher right now. If you yeah. had to pick a pitcher, it would have to be Jose or Keedy. Because... Yeah. He, he has a chance to get three wins, which I understand is a dumb way to think about it, mm-hmm. but that's still absurd. I have, he got the I have win, another one. Yeah. He got the win in game two, um, his second career World Series win, most ever by a Mexican-born player, which is very cool. Then he got the win in relief in game five coming out of the bullpen. That pushed his start back from game six to game seven. If he starts game seven and goes like six innings scoreless, he ends up with... 12 innings, two runs, three wins. On the same level, even though he wasn't actually as good as his line, if Ian Anderson dominates game seven, he's probably also going to be in in contention. Mm. Um, mm. And I, I mean, I guess Kyle Wright, who actually has the most innings pitched for the Braves this, this, uh, this series is kind of funny, but I don't really see a scenario where he's pitching a lot. Um, at any point, like, I, I mean, I assume he'll be available. I guess like if Anderson gets completely crushed, if Anderson gives up like three straight home runs to start game seven, maybe they go to Kyle, Wright. But otherwise, um, yeah, that's it's Anderson, I think is also in good position there for game seven. Who, who is in a bad position? Who is in a bad position? Who do you position? not want? I like Taylor. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling great about jock. <laughs> I think jock. Jock had his moments, and I'm not sure how much more we're going to be seeing of Jock. I mean, Jock could still have a moment. Do you I know why? He'll be in the lineup against Garcia, but do you know what month it is? It's November. I know, yeah. so it's over. It's Jock. It's, it's jocked over. Jocked over <laughs> is jocked over. Uh, and Orlando Garcia. I'm also. Not, I would not. I'm sure the okay. odds are pretty good. Like I'm sure, like you could get crazy payout, but like I wouldn't put some. I wouldn't put money down on Orlando Garcia. Okay, I won't do that. Uh, let's talk about one more World Series thing. Let, let's just talk about our experience of covering the World Series. It is the first time that Jordan and I have done both cities of a series that we have, you know, done the whole media circus in every city. And I will say I was surprised by, it's not surprising, it is understanding how much people root for the series to end in game five. And I think we pride ourselves on being the people who uh, enjoy baseball. Not to say that other people don't. There are many people in the baseball media world who like baseball. That is a true thing. When, you know, you see people rooting for a game five so they don't have to fly back to the other city and they can go home, part of you is like, well, that's kind of a lame way to think about it. And then you're sitting in the press box on three hours of sleep and you have a flight the next morning and you're like, huh, you know, (laughs) <laughs> Maybe I get this. No, 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 no. If you're, you're listening to this, you're like saying, shut the fuck up, Jake. No one gets I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. And I'm kidding. that's generally how you should feel. But it is true that most people, again, especially when you have the Adam Duvall hits the Grand Slam in the first and you're like, I mean, it's just as simple as like it's being on the road for however for an undetermined amount of time. And, and a lot of these people have been on the road since the beginning of the month. Right. I mean, that's the other difference. Yeah. Is that we've we've actually, you know, 
only been covering this series. I know Jake did a few more postseason games in the DS, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it is definitely this <laughs> is definitely true, and it's very goofy. But no one should feel bad for any of no, that. No, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it is just interesting, you know, for many of the. It, it was a reminder that for eighty percent. 70% of people in the media, it's a job and it should be, it is a profession and it is a thing that you do, you know, and you love it as well. I'm sure many of those people do, but it is still at the end of the day, a job. And I, w- I just feel very fortunate that for you and I, it still does not feel like a job. And <laughs> yes. that is, that is just, you know, very cool. Uh, dugout trash. You want to talk about it? Uh, I don't have much to add other than um, I am hottest to show see, on the internet. I'm intrigued to see side how, talk side talk quaking in their boots, quaking in their to, boots. They know we're coming with dugout trash review. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see uh, how we are able to execute uh, such reviewing if a team wins the World Series. So can't wait, Bobby. Do happens. you have any uh, cinem- cinematographic, c- cinematographic, cinematic, cinematic? feedback about dugout trash review uh less jake more trash that's less jake more trash well some okay all right well you know what we'll 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 uh we'll fold that in that's how my girlfriend feels um okay (laughs) other news but beyond the world series let's do let's let's do a couple other fun baseball topics let's do bob melvin first yeah we'll finish with pools padres hired bob melvin three years bays were like yeah, sure, whatever. We're going to trade everyone everywhere. anyway. Uh, this is basically as good as you can get. It's really not that complicated. Everyone loves Bob Melvin. Everyone that's played for him loves Bob Melvin. He's had success for teams that with far less talent. Um, and obviously, he's just very well-liked and very well-respected. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's this is it. This is the best thing. Now, my main uh, takeaway here, uh, besides that the A's are about to be heading in a very dark direction, which is probably a, a topic for another uh, podcast, um, is it was just funny to see Preller up there again, ready, you know, once here we go again, here he like is. Like nothing happened. As, as just like, all right, here we go. We, we've already won the off season again and the world series isn't over. Uh, and, and, and it's fine. Like, again, that, that doesn't make it not a good move, but Bob Melvin, like, okay. So when we said like Dusty Baker is like what the Ashes needed, that's true. But the Astros are are here because the Astros are really good, right? Like they they have really good baseball players. And the if Padres, Jake and if Jake and Jordan yeah. were managing the Astros, I think there's a chance they're still in the World Series. <laughs> it's very yes. If Dusty could be in you know in charge of the clubhouse, and we were literally pushing the yeah, buttons, that's for sure. Talking. But but the point is, is that like obviously they could have used a better manager last year. I'm not totally convinced that's what that would have saved their season, right? Jace Tingler is not the reason that they went in the complete toilet. And Bob Melvin is not going to be the reason that they, you know, compete for a postseason spot next year. It's going to look like it is, right? And that's fine. And that doesn't say this is a good move, but this is not a one-way ticket to fixing the Padres problems. There are still uh, flaws in this team. It is still a very talented team. And once we're going to do the same thing. We're going to come back in March. We're going to look at the team on paper and be like, holy shit. Padres but we learned our lesson we know to be a little bit more skeptical this time this is obviously a great move but we can't be looking at it it's just like all right let's take out the unexperienced manager and put in the best manager all right boom auto auto postseason victory right I don't think that's how it's going to work even if that is what it's going to end up looking like that's I have nothing else to say well said there you go Uh, let's talk about Albert Pools oh yeah um Here's what I this is. I've been saving this because this this is something that uh, I is so funny to me. So Albert Pujols, as we know, was on the Angels. And then he was like, I this sucks. Uh, I and the Angels were like, you suck. Uh, I hate it here. And we hate having you. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Boom. They they release him. He goes to the Dodgers. He is stunningly competent uh, all the way to the postseason when then he was not as competent. But still. Uh, Albert Pujols is amazing. Albert Pujols is 41. He's one of the best players of all time. Okay, great. He The season ends. The Dodgers are eliminated. And we think, what? okay, was that the end of Albert Pujols? Like, or, or, is he done? Is he done? And he he never indicated at any point. And I think he said during the year, like, no, I'm not done. Uh, you, might think, you might think I look done. I'm not done. There might have been that Instagram post for my wife where she implied I was done. That's I forgot about that. That is true. That was the thing that happened. Uh, but instead... Albert Pujols, uh, the 
I mean, essentially the best <laughs> Dominican-born player of all time, uh, we decided, hey, there's a league. There's still baseball going on, right? Where, like, where I'm from, right? Uh, I'm going to go play down there. So, Jake, tell me about how this happened, why this happened, and then I'm going to, I'll interject okay. when, I, when I need to about what I want to share. Yeah. So for those of you who know us, you know, we love the Dominican Winter League. For those of you who don't know us, we love the Dominican Winter League. The Dominican Winter League is a baseball league that happens in the offseason. The players who play in it are usually some combination of prospects, you know, washed up big leaguers who you heard of a while ago, and then people you've never even heard their names before who play in Mexico or Korea or whatever. Um there are six teams down there. Albert Pujols was on another team. They had controlled his rights, I believe, since he was like 21 or 20. He had never played because Obviously. he was too good <laughs> playing in the major leagues to play. He, about a week ago, was traded from the team that he's been on for a while to the team that he grew up rooting for, Leonis del Escogido, and then signed and debuted or like, flew down, agreed to play, and debuted, I think, like, all within the span of a week. Yeah, so before we get to the debut and, and what happened in his debut, I just want to talk about Albert Pujols being traded, okay? Mm. So, and, and as you mentioned, basically, it was that he was never going to play for Gigantes. He was like, no, just send me here, and it's fine. Like, it's not like they were going to be like, sorry, Albert, like, we're not, we're not except, like, they were going to make it work, and they got Melky Mesa back for it. But this was a very special moment for me because my brother... For the last, he started doing this bit like literally 10 years ago where he would come. Yeah. When I was still living up, this is like when I was in high school and when Albert Pujols was still, you know, one of the best players in the world. And my brother would come into my room and he would be like, oh my God, did you see Albert Pujols got traded? Like he would do this all the time. Like he would, like, <laughs> would come wake me up and be like, it was the same thing every time. He did it once and then he just kept going back and he would kept saying, like, did you see like, Pujols got traded because for, that's one of the all time greatest bits ever. For, Shout out to your brother. For, because the, 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 because at the time it, when he started it, he was still one of the best players in the world. And obviously he wasn't getting traded. And then it was, he has the worst contract we've ever seen. Obviously he's not getting traded. So it, it worked the, for a whole decade. And that David was just coming. Oh, Pujols. And so when I saw this, <laughs> I was like, oh, it happened. It finally happened. Pujols got traded. Um, and it made me very happy, and it was Did just hilarious. Him? Like the freaking, what do you say? Yeah, of you course. call him. But like the tweet, the tweet, <laughs> just the tweet of like Higantes announcing like we've traded out rules. It's like during this. I guess it was. I think it was before the World Series started. Um, but anyway, fast forward to Sunday. It was uh, the it, he the trade went through um, the morning of Game One. Morning of Game One. Okay. Um, fast forward to. The afternoon of game five, uh, it was a Sunday day game. Pujols makes his debut. I believe he's 0 for 3 or 0 for 4. The game goes to extras. And what happens, Jake Mintz, with, I believe, a runner on third and two outs in the bottom of the 10th. 11th. Bottom of the 11th. Our yeah. Pujols gets... <laughs> Facing a right-handed pitcher, which he's he, not done much of. He just gets jammed and, like, gets rolls one. so hard. On so like hard. Probably, like, 91. And, and, like, a little dinky dribbler duck fart, like, over, like, you know, inching its way down the third baseline. <laughs> and he is just hauling ass to first. Like, he is moving mountains. The third baseman, Dawa uh, Lugo, who's, like, a real big leaguer, charges in, picks up the ball, hurls it to first. Ball gets away. Bang bang play would have been a bang bang play. Yeah, better throw, better throw probably gets him. They would call it a hit. Throw. They call it a hit. Close enough. Walk off infield single for Albert Pujols. His debut in the Dominican. In his debut in the Dominican. He um, is eligible. I asked uh, to win Rookie of the Year down there, which would be incredible. Winning Rookie of the Year exactly twenty years after he won it in Major League Baseball. And you might say, oh, well, he, right. And you might say, oh, well, he's got to be the oldest player in the league. Well, Fernando Rodney's on his team. So he's actually not the oldest player in the league. I don't know who the second oldest hitter is. Um, maybe it can't be Hanley. I'm sure there's another one that's, that's close. That's, there's no one that close. There, I um, think he is probably the fourth oldest player in the league. Rule Valdez oh, on Torres. Okay, but hitter, I, I want the hitter rankings. Yeah. We're going to have to figure that out. But the point is, it is amazing. Pujols got traded, <laughs> finally. 
and he debuted. And and yeah, he's just going to be hitting third. And by the way, most importantly, you can watch on LB TV. 25 bucks for the whole season. We cannot Pretty recommend sweet. it enough. Uh, I know we're not exactly all eager to be giving, uh, you know, Rob Manfred and MLB our money, but trust me, it's worth it. And you will, as soon as, you know, series might end tonight, season might end tonight, uh, but Lee Dome goes through January and you will enjoy it greatly. So there you go. George Husterman does the World Series end tonight. No, I think I've already said it's not going to happen. So what do you think? I think, I think Braves win tonight. Bobby. Oh, what do you got? Yeah, Bobby. I, think, I think Braves win tonight. Uh, Houston in seven. Houston wow. in seven. Here, let oh me boy. say this. We did interviews outside Truist Park with Braves fans asking them about the Atlanta sports curse. And I believe it's not a curse. I think they lost a Super Bowl in embarrassing fashion. And then they lost an NLCS where no one was in the stadium in 2020 <laughs> after being down through one. If they lose this World Series, I'm willing to have a conversation about the curse. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to start a dialogue. It, I think that they're just calling it a curse because it's not really a drought. Like, 96 mm. is not long enough to be a drought for most teams. But so they're calling it a curse. Make sense. A curse, I mean, curse implies, like, yeah. something needs to catalyze a curse. Right? There needs Tom Brady, bro. Yeah. Tom we Brady, bro. That. I mean, it's true, but, like, we just don't care. So, uh, but I, I, I'm with you, Jake. I think, um, you know, we got, we got mixed reviews. And it was a fun video. You, you can go check that out. We, we retweeted a couple times yesterday. Uh, but yeah, they'll be, uh, oh boy, they going to be nervous. You saw some good crowd shots uh, during game five where it was just like, oh God, it's happening. Here we go. But it will be rocking tonight at the juice box. Can't wait to get over there. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Jake Mintz, for recording this podcast with me. I will see you in probably five minutes as we go get food. Uh, Bobby Wagner, thank you for producing. Mike Wargon, thank you for producing this podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back. The World Series will definitely be over the next time we talk, and uh, we'll see how many hits Albert Pujols has at uh, this time next week. What would the Any scenario need thoughts? to be? What would the scenario need to be for the World Series to still be going? It would need to be like the Houston roof breaks, and yep. and it's raining. Many we get a tornado warning again, like we had uh, last yeah, night, exactly. last week when we were in Houston, and then yeah. you know six games get rained out. Yeah, probably not happening. All right, goodbye. Jordan, it's crazy. Breaking news just came across the timeline. Yeah. The Mets just signed Jerry Depoto to be their president of baseball oh operations. Oh, my God. Oh, that's crazy. No, I can't. Not cool. Not cool. I don't appreciate that. Not not funny. Not funny. I thought you were saying Albert Pools, the Mets hired Albert to, the Mets. to be. You know, yeah. It always has to involve. Player manager. Uh, thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye.